You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Becoming Me. I am so excited to introduce you to my warrior friend, Bridget. Bridget, welcome to Becoming Me. Thank you. So glad to be here. I'm so honored to have you. I know we have a mutual friend who connected us. I believe it was Courtney, right? Yes, absolutely. She's wonderful. Courtney Leo, shout out to you, girl. We've had you on the podcast many times, both incredible podcasters. And the second that um, Courtney introduced me to Bridget, I literally was like down the social media rabbit hole, checking out everything you've been doing. You have Mm -hmm. a podcast now. Um, And even before we push record, everybody, like we started chatting and I'm just like asking her question after question. I'm already inspired. So um, I just, I can't wait to dive in. And I know that there are people who are newer warrior friends to you, Bridget. Mm -hmm. So first take a moment, introduce yourself. Like who is Bridget? Yeah. So I'm Bridget Blood. I, as of the day that we're recording, I have lived in Nashville, Tennessee for the last year, which has been a wild adventure of a year. I've loved it so much. Um, I grew up in upstate New York, really small town. I graduated with 28 kids in my high school class. Um, So came into a really small town. And then I went to college down by New York City and got a degree in youth and family studies there where I got to just really have an understanding of how do we actually help families live whole and healthy lives. Mm -hmm. And then I pastored for five years in Ohio and a smaller town, a little bigger than, you know, my tiny little hometown, but still a smaller town and had just five incredible years where I got to serve as a spiritual formation pastor on staff at my church there and continued to evolve and grow in my passion of helping people really live connected lives to God's self and others and love that experience, but knew that I just had some dreams that needed a little more, um, I needed a little more space. And so I decided to just jump in and I started the Recover Your Life Co. company where I get to coach people one-on-one. Um, I love working with leaders and dreamers and people who are just in a spot of, Hey, like I'm actually, I'm in a spot of grief and I don't know what to do next. That's a huge, huge value of mine is how do we help people grieve really well? Because so much of our life is grieving or waiting. And so we don't really like to talk about that. We want to just stay in the, let's just ha- let's just talk about the happy parts of life. Um, but so much of our days are grieving. And I think it really can be a thing that leads us to connection. So I get to do that. I'm, have, I host the Recover Your Life podcast where we have these types of conversations and building an online community there. And yeah, just love helping people live connected to themselves in a way that feels really empowering and good, even in the hard stuff. Oh, amazing. And now I'm so excited to ask you this next question, because we all heard you unpack in your introduction, some really incredible highlights mm-hmm. and yeah. areas, environments that you're leading and speaking into mm-hmm. now and how you're helping other people. And I know that's even birthed out of your story. And yeah, so absolutely. I would love for you right now to just take some time and unpack your story. What's made you who mm-hmm. you are? Yeah. Such a good question. Um, 
I think about being little and even like practicing talking like in front of a mirror of like, oh, like I'm going to, I'm going to teach to rooms. Like I'm going to help other people process things. And I didn't really have a grid for what that was. Like that kind of stuff didn't super exist um, in a way that felt really accessible to me, but it was just kind of like a fun dream. I would play school as a kid. I mean, I had a full, like would go to the dollar store and like all of my invisible students had notebooks and name tags and had a projector, right? With the dry erase expo, not expo. Yeah, maybe they were the expo markers that you use, the the vis-a-vis markers where I taught full lessons um, and kind of thought that for a little bit. and. I met Jesus at 13 on my bathroom floor. Um, I had some exposure to Jesus growing up, um, but it was kind of more of a religious family context, not necessarily something that was a real deep relationship. And so um, when I was in middle school, I had a friend of mine that her mom was a youth group leader. And so they met every Saturday night. So she would invite me to come. And so I was like, oh, well, like, this is really different. Like they like read the Bible. They're actually really kind. Like we're singing songs. Like this is just very different than the type of faith that I had been exposed to earlier. Um, even though that was good, it was just different. This, this had a little more depth to it. And so um, just really started to dive in and ask tons of questions, right? I just remember like I would call after church to my friend's mom and be like, I have all these questions. Like, what does this mean? And what does this mean? And I joke and say, I had my monogrammed LL Bean bag that carried my teen study Bible and my NIV concordance. (laughs) I was that kid. I was that kid. I had everything memorized. I was the perfect youth group student. I don't think it all came from a really, really good place. And so kind of had plans again in, in that church context. Um, women, um, either taught children or they taught women and they went to school to marry a youth pastor. And so I was like, okay, great. If this is what it means to be a woman who follows God, like I'll go do that. And so had visited a local Bible college where all of my youth group leaders had went and, um, got to the visit day. And I just felt in my heart of like, oh no, this is not, this is not for me. And it wasn't like this was bad. It was a like, this is not the path that I'm supposed to be walking in. And so then I started from square one. I was like, okay, what do I do now? Like, this was kind of what my high school career was like, this is, this is what I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do. And so kind of starting back at ground zero, I got real spiritual and I went to Google and I said, find me Christian colleges in New York state. Right. (laughs) So uh, found what was, what used to be called Nyack college um, in Rockland County, New York and went to the visit day there. And it was a couple days before Thanksgiving. So like most of the students had already left for home and there was probably only a couple, you know, a couple hundred students still left on campus. And I went to chapel with my mom that day. And I was just like, Nope, like the presence of God is here. I'm not really sure why I'm supposed to be here, but I need to be here. And so, um, had my freshman year of college, um, just kind of like getting safe in an environment, making new friends, finding really beautiful friends and mentors. I the the woman who is still my mentor today. I just talked to her yesterday. Um, I saw her at the college visit day, and I looked at her, and I looked at my mom, and I was like, I'm not sure who she is, but I need her in my life. Like I don't know what it is about her, but like I need her in my story. And so she has to this day been a wonderful champion and friend and mentor, which has been so kind. And so. 
that was kind of my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my um, sophomore year, I ended up getting really sick again. Um, backing up in my story, I forgot this big, big chunk. Um, so I, I met Jesus when I was 13. I was the first person in my family to accept Christ. And then within that next year, my mom and my siblings came to know the Lord. And then that following January, I had brain surgery. And so I had what's called a Chiari malformation, which is basically a skull deformity where your brain runs out of room and it starts to move itself down your spinal cord because there's nowhere else for it to go, which as you can imagine, um, is very painful and causes a myriad of health issues. And so um, through that, my dad actually really got to see the love of the church and how well they took care of us in that season. And that was a huge part of him coming to faith. And so kind of had those years of what does it look like for us that Mm -hmm had a, I would say growing up, we had a value for faith, um, but it actually became a real relationship with Jesus as a family. And so I'd kind of coasted, you know, from, from 15 to 19 ish, I kind of coasted up. I was okay with my health. Um, and then my sophomore year of college, I got really sick again, like really, really, really sick. Um, sitting through class was hard, severe migraines. I would wake up in the middle of the night and like knew that I needed to take medicine, but I was in so much pain. I couldn't even like roll over to get medicine. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here until I can get up in the morning. Um, and so this was the first time that I was introduced to any sort of prophetic prayer or healing prayer that was not part of my Christian culture growing up. And so I had a group of women on Tuesday afternoons that would pray for me. And then on Wednesday nights, I was in this class called personal spiritual formation, where we talked a ton about grieving. Like this is where I found my foundation for grieving. Well, was having leaders that were like, Nope, like we're going to pause at 18 or, you know, the gist of whatever we were at and whatever in your life that's been painful and disregarded, like we will return honor to those places. And it doesn't matter how messy it is. And it doesn't matter how much time it takes, like you're worth that. Um, And so for me, it had tied a ton into the way emotional pain and trauma was showing up in my body physically. And so had months of people praying for me. And those always felt really connected and good and safe. And it was never, there was never a pressure of like, you have to believe perfectly to get God to heal you or you're sinning. Like that was, that was no part of my grid. I, I, I know that that is a really painful part of a lot of people's stories. Um, I was thankful that the context that I was in, they came from a really healthy trauma informed place mm-hmm. that the spirit of God also worked really well with the way that he designed our bodies. And so they weren't in competition with one another. Um, and so I ended up being in several months later, I had been, ended up in New York city. I was in a, my college professor had taken me and a couple other students to talk about why it's important to teach college students to hear the voice of the God, to hear, to hear the voice of God for themselves. And so kind of what that journey had looked like for me. And I was in absolute pure pain. It was a weird experience. I've never had like that in my whole life. Um, and I stopped them. I was like, guys, like I literally cannot take another physical step forward. I have to have you pray right now. And I felt this fire move from the top of my head all the way through my body. It was the craziest experience. And I took one step forward and every ounce of pain was completely gone. Wow. And I was like, this can't be real. Like this cannot be real. 
this is probably just like emotions or like I'm just making this up in my head. Like I don't know what to do about I don't know what to mm-hmm. do about this because suddenly a God that I had encountered in scripture, I actually encountered on the street of New York City. I was like, oh, this is different. And so it had me asking a lot of theological questions that I didn't have answers to. And so I kind of went backwards. I From that, I had a lot of different supernatural encounters with God. Um, and then I went like, okay, I actually need to go get some education of like what biblically is happening to me. Cause I don't, I have no framework for what is happening here. Um, so that really formed college life. I had one semester left to finish in the fall and was like, okay, great. I had, fr- I had a friend of mine whose mom grew up in this church that I attended in Ohio. And I was like, okay, like, what would it look like for me to go to a larger context in a place that's not New York, like, what would, I have no idea what this would feel like. Let me just go try it for six weeks. And that was kind of, that was my plan of, I'm not getting attached. I'm just going to fulfill my internship requirements. Like, I'm just going to go do this. And um, it was a beautiful summer. Like, there was such great connection and really fell in love with the people. And there was like 20 recorded miracles that took place. I was on a, um, ministry serving trip we were helping with like a local christian concert in kentucky so i i I led a team going there and um one of the women um she was moving a table help moving a table up some stairs Uh and she really injured her arm really bad and so i was like okay like i guess uh, like a little terrified i'm like i guess we're gonna pray for her arm and like we literally felt her her arm like move back into place under our hands and then the next day it was still super swollen super swollen and we're like okay we're gonna pray again and literally like her what we could like visually see her swollen arm went back and it was in no pain and I'm like I just can't make this stuff up I'm like I don't really know all of I don't understand everything that's happening but this is a life that I that I want to live and so there was all these beautiful moments with that and so got offered a position after I went back, I took a break, went back and finished my last little bit of school, was offered a position um, and spent five wonderful years um, with my Ohio crew and learning together and figuring out what it meant for me to pastor and what it meant for me to be a leader and um, learning my voice. And also, I think for the first time I had to navigate that like um, understanding the really deep pain that people carry when we talk about the supernatural because not everybody's experience was like my college experience most people and a- after that I did have some really painful personal experiences but um he- hearing really tragic stories of like oh yes the reason why your child died is because you didn't pray hard enough I was like mm. oh yeah like I would feel really hesitant to believe that God was good or that um he wanted to move in our life in a way that surpassed science um if this was the type of messaging that I was hearing and so it kind of became of like okay like what does it look like for us as a community to engage um God's spirit and to honor ourselves and to have these types of conversations and you know definitely had lots of learning mistakes along the way I was really grateful that I had incredible um leaders and a team that I served with that had a lot of compassion that helped me really form um form who I wanted to be and walked me through some really painful seasons in 2020. I uh, found myself on the other end of a phone call that turned my life upside down. Mm. And up until that point, I, you know, I had all of my life headed in one direction and 
um, it shattered me. And I found, I was like, okay, I've, I've carried this value of a woman who grieves well. Like I would joke and say, like, if I'm going to win a gold medal in anything, I want to grieve, I want to win a gold medal in grieving. Hmm. And so that kind of became the thing. I mean, I taught about it. We talked about being gold medal grievers. I preached about it. I, I lived it to as much as I had experience for. Um, but when this experience happened, it shattered any insecurity in any education that I had around trauma. My brain didn't care. My brain didn't care. I was a pastor. My brain didn't care that I had attended trauma certifications. My brain didn't care. My brain just was like, this is so much pain. I don't know what to do. Mm. And so, um, revisited, um, I had from my like God encounter moment, the level of physical pain, um, was dr- drastically diminished throughout that time. Um, there was some different um, lower grade health issues. And so it it wasn't like it erased every moment of physical pain that my body would ever experience. Um, but kind of after this big trauma moment, my body just um, gave out. And I had a whole host of new issues that I had never struggled with before um, severe, my body itched for three and a half months, couldn't figure out what was wrong. Um, severe TMJ pain. Um, I had nocturnal panic attacks. And so for the first time in my life, I struggled with panic, um, had had a couple leading up to kind of this big breakdown moment, but wasn't, I literally thought I had food poisoning. I was so confused by what was happening in my body. I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. Mm. Um, and then went through a season of probably about a year in the beginning, they were really close together. And then kind of, as I was able to have some more trauma counseling for myself to process through some of those emotions, um, they became less intense, but again, I just, I didn't, I had really great education and training and a really good belief in, in a God who grieves, but not like this, Mm. (laughs) not like this, not when, um, you know, my best friend, she's like, I'm just making sure that you're sleeping that you're eating and that you're going to work. Um, and so even in, in that season has been, what does it mean for me to be a healthy leader who values grief, who also says, Hey, time out. I can't do what I've been doing at this pace right now. For me, the burnout wasn't attached to the, the ministry. It was that I had my own personal pain happening. And so I did have to rearrange. And so it meant, okay, great. I can't be hosting a podcast right now. I can't be teaching right now. Um, and so kind of had some help in different areas. I had a, I had a local um, therapist that was like, hey, like, is this ethical for me to be sitting with people right now? Like, do mm-hmm. I, can I actually do this? What do I need? I had um, a counselor who helped me just process through the intense loss and pain that I was walking through personally. And then I had another coach that I called that was a pastor friend of mine in California, or I just, I I had her, what I call, I had her hold all of the prophetic pain of, wait a second, like, I thought I heard God. I thought that um, this was a life moving forward that honored him and that honored everybody involved. And um, now I'm having to pause and say, actually, like, I'm really hurt. And mm-hmm. I've also contributed to hurt. and um how do I take ownership for my mess and also honor the pain that I experienced and um, all of that. And so mm. it, it kind of was the culmination of, I had, you know, years of 
kind of learning, learning all of this. And then I would say probably in 2020 was like, okay, like you are stripped down to nothing. Are, are you actually the person that you want to be? And I'm so grateful. It was so incredibly painful. I would hope to never relive it. (laughs) Um, But I came to the other side of that with a support system around me where I said, okay, now I have proof that I am the woman that I always said I wanted to be. And I don't know, I don't know that I would have gotten there if I wasn't in a place so desperate of, I have to learn a different way to live because the way that I've lived up until this point has been beautiful, um, but it hasn't had enough um, support to actually be really rooted and grounded in the really hard, hard stuff. So kind of took all that and said, okay, I don't want people to have to navigate this alone. Mm -hmm. And so, so much of our, our life, our, um, our calling. I I love this. I just found this new quote this week that I'm going to save it. It's one of my favorites from Dr. Caroline Leaf. And it says, your purpose is not simply what you do. It's what happens in others when you do what you do. Ooh, that's good. And so coming to a place of like, it's not my job to rescue. It's not my job to be God. That's God's job. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times we actually don't need answers. We need a kind witness that says, yeah, I believe you. When you say that this is hurting you, I believe you. Mm. Um, because so much of our stories and so much of the stories that our bodies still carry as adults is we lived in really painful narratives um, that never got named. Mm. And so we're trying to figure out we have what we have all these narratives and all these stories in our childhood and our adult in our you know young adulthood, high school, college, as we're um, figuring out what our calling is. We're learning to navigate God. We're learning to navigate romantic relationships. And what's my, what's my identity and role within a family? And all of this is happening. Um, but so often there's not a kind witness to hold any of that. And so we're just left alone. And so then we wonder why it comes out sideways as grownups. Cause we're like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to, I don't know how to hold all, all of the, the yes and of everything that's here. Wow. I mean, what a powerful journey. Thank you for unpacking um, Mm -hmm. what God has been teaching you as you're becoming who he made you to be. Um, Absolutely incredible. And, you know, I would love to follow up with um, uh, definitely a lighter question, but we'll head into somewhere fun. Um, I don't know this about you. I feel like it's a yes, but I could be wrong. Are you a coffee drinker? I am a coffee drinker. Yes. Okay. So how do you drink your coffee? Uh, so I'm a decaf girl for okay. sure. I've noticed that my nervous system does way better with decaf. Um, I love a latte mm. um, with either like coconut milk or almond milk or oat milk. Oat milk is fun sometimes because it's a little, it kind of feels like a sugar cookie to me. Um, and so I like it like that. I love okay. when, and I've kind of become a little more of a coffee snob now that I'm in Nashville mm. and have lots of different <laughs> coffee options. Um, I love when the coffee shops make their own syrup in house. So like they have homemade vanilla or homemade or now they've got, you know, pumpkin out or whatever that is, but uh-huh. um, that's really fun. I'm typically a decaf latte girl, but okay. a little, a little bit of sweet. Okay. So if you were having a decaf, like 
oat milk latte and maybe you've got some of that homemade vanilla syrup in it, Mm -hmm. right? And you're at your favorite Nashville coffee shop with another warrior friend on their own becoming journey. Mm -hmm. What would you say to encourage them right now? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is I believe you. Um, because we all are, there's a, a beautiful poem that I love from this book called the lives we actually have. And in it, it's a poem for when you're, when you're feeling lonely. Um, and one of the lines, I'm going to butcher it. It's not going to be perfect, but basically the gist of it is that we all have the right, um, for the record of our lives to be kept by another. Hmm. And so sometimes when when we are becoming, a lot of times we feel crazy of this feels like me. But in order for me to actually be brave and step into the me that I know I am, it means that I'm going to have to disrupt what currently is. And that's really scary. And so I think I would say to our warrior friends, I believe you. Um, and you're worth it. You're worth it to step out and to try. Um, and that you don't have, no one has it figured out. Like nobody has any idea what we're actually doing here. Um, and I think that's the, that's the kind thing is I don't think we ever get to a place where we arrive and we say, I've got it all figured out. Um, and I don't even think that we get to a place where we stop doubting it or, you know, having fear of, which I'm really grateful because it keeps us, keeps us in a place of, I do need to acknowledge that I can't, I can't say yes to everything, right? It, it can be a really helpful tool to acknowledge some of those hesitancies. Um, but that when we can be really kind to ourselves mm-hmm. and we can get really curious and say, Hey, like you want to start a podcast, you want to write a book, you want to teach at a school, you want to be a firefighter, like whatever your dream is of like, what's happening? Like what was happening for you in that? Like, what would it look like to dare to dream? And it's okay, right? Wherever people are at in their story, it's okay that if dreaming right now feels devastating because you've lost one, Mm. like you don't have to wait for it to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm completely confident in myself. Like we, we develop confidence with ourselves and with others as we're just really honest along the way of how we don't have it figured out and how we're learning to navigate our needs. And as we're, um, we're getting really kind and curious about the narratives we've lived in and the way we want to step forward. That's beautiful. Thank you for that warrior encouragement for mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, you also shared, you do have a podcast, mm-hmm. you have your own company, your business. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the podcast, the business coaching, all the things. Yes. So everything is recoveryourlife.co. That's my website. That's us on Instagram. I believe that's us on Facebook. I have three tenets. We talk about being a person who grieves well, rests well, and loves well. Um, And so just maybe as we've we've been having this conversation, if that kind of sparks your interest of like, hey, like I'm really curious to see what this would look like in my field for me to grow and who really does honor the pain that I've lived through that I can live in really good rhythms of rest that honor all the yeses that I want to do, all the things I want to build in my life, the children I have to take care of, the company I want to build, the, you know, the moving that I'm doing this year, whatever that may be. Um, So I I absolutely love getting to do that. And then on the Recover Your Life podcast, 
um, that those come out every Wednesday. Thank you for being here today, sharing the gift of you, who you are, who you're becoming. You inspire and you encourage me. I love you and I'm cheering you on big time, warrior friend. Mm, Thanks, Emily. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv.